detoxify your mind. Can yes. you please explain to me how a mind can be toxic in what ways? Waking up every single morning, loving what you do, loving the people you surround yourself with, loving the connections you're doing, loving the environment you're creating, loving what you're writing, loving where you're going, loving the conversations that you're having, loving the way you look, loving the way you eat, loving the way you take care of yourself, right? That's fulfillment. You know what? Once I make up my mind on something, I do it. Nothing's gonna stop me. Once I make a decision, I'm a person of my word. One of my laws is my word is my law. Like the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. So I'm impeccable with myself. I told myself I was going to do it, so I did it. I have great respect for that. That's amazing because most people can't do that. Boom, we're live. <laughs> Exciting. Melissa, you come from quite an, a humble background and now you're doing a radio show. You write a best-selling book, which is here. Uh, you, uh, you're a serial entrepreneur, you're running events, epic talks, right? Um, and you do coachings. Mm -hmm. Please tell me a little bit more about that. Like what, what do you actually teach there? Well, I actually decided to go full time hundred percent with my events. Um, I recently left the coaching part. I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with my clients and helping them basically take their business and their life to the next level. Mm -hmm. They told me where they were at. And then I would, and where they wanted to be, and I would give them the roadmap on how to get there. I would help them to detoxify their mind, their life, and their business. And that's what I did for a while before I went uh, full-time with Epic Talks. Thanks. Uh, I'd like to understand, detoxify your mind. C can yes. you please explain to me how <clears throat> a mind can be toxic in what ways? Oh my God, there's so many ways that your mind can be toxic. You know, we, we, we carry generational trauma, right? And uh, we have these limiting beliefs and these paradigms that we've been living in for so many years. And this is the reason why majority of the humans live in so much pain, because they carry this generational trauma and they don't know how to get out of it, right? And with these certain behaviors, they create their own pain in their lives, whether it's in their business, whether it's in their relationships, whether it's with their family, because they don't know any better. So <clears throat> before I wrote this book, I was in one of the darkest places of my life. And um, I remember going through this dark path after my marriage of 10 years had ended. My ex-husband of 10 years, he had cheated on me with over five, six women that I know of. And this all happened in a really short time frame. So you can only imagine the trauma that that caused. You yeah. know, I felt like I was going crazy. I spent my entire 20s with him. And then towards the end, I just didn't, I lost my identity when that happened. And I was going to, I was refusing to get back into something like that, into a marriage or forgive him. Or, you know, even though he begged, even though my family was like telling me to go back, I it just didn't get it. So for me, I ended up escaping. Like I left, you know, I left him with everything and I ended up moving to another state. And I literally became a person that I didn't know who I was. I was partying, I was doing drugs, I was hanging out with the wrong people for two years, you know, and, and that was my way of coping. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I couldn't even get out of bed. I would look at the ceiling for four hours in my bed, like numb, and I didn't know who I was. So after feeling this awful pain and just becoming some, someone I wasn't proud of, I remember I looked at myself in the mirror and I asked myself one question. I said, are you proud of the woman that you've become? And, that, mm -hmm. and I said it out loud. And I said, no. So what are you going to do about it? And that same day, I saw an ad on Facebook that said, reignite your life, your finances, and your future. Free ticket. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, free ticket? This must be a cult. And I reached out to a girlfriend of mine. Um, I don't know if you know her. She's a motivational speaker, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. They're like an mm -hmm. amazing motivational couple. And I said to her, have you ever heard of this company called Peak Potentials? She's like, no. And I was like, well, it's, it's personal development and it's a free ticket. You mm -hmm. think I should go? She tells me, if there's one positive thing you get out of this, it's a win situation. So I booked my hotel and my plane ticket, and I, and I went to Los Angeles for three days. And those three days changed my life. 
Did I end up investing $6,500 at the end of the seminar? Yes. <laughs> yes. But that was the best investment I've ever done in my life. I ended up spending two years in personal development, um, going to different events and seminars every two to three months that this company was hosting. Business development, mindset, warrior camp, real estate, business boot camp. And I started meeting people. Is it like that, the T. Harv Eker thing? Yes. You know, I yes. went there. I went there too. Yes. Like, yeah, I, like it, it was called Quantum Leap mm -hmm. back then. And I went to that's Warrior what I Camp. And that's, that's what, what I, I bought. bought too. Oh like. my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that. It was like 2009 for me wow. when I did that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So mine, I did mine, I think it was uh, six, seven years ago. Seven. Oh, seven no, years. eight years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. So yeah, so I ended up, um, you, you know, obviously I can't, yeah, I don't have yeah, to I explain went to you. all of this. Yeah. yeah. So that changed my life. And I remember that the people that were going there, we were on just the same level. So I no longer was partying. I was no longer was hanging out with the wrong people. These were, this was my tribe, people who wanted to elevate people who wanted yeah. to get to the next level of their life. So when I left Las Vegas, because at the time I had moved mm. to Las Vegas, I came back to Miami and I said, If this changed my life, this personal development, I need to be of service and, and owe it to God for me to create something that's mm. going to help change people's lives. Because at the time I was in, me in medical sales, right? Mm, yeah. So, and I didn't want to do that anymore. So, um, so then I was like, how can I start being of service? So I started a little charity called Backpack Attack where I would get backpacks for underprivileged kids fill it up with, you know, school, school supplies, socks, mm -hmm. toothbrush, soaps, and all that stuff. I started giving it to homeless people as well, backpacks full, and it, it was fulfilling me. And mm -hmm. I remember feeling fulfilled. So then that gave me the idea to start uh, a program called Detoxify Your Mind. I want to teach people how to detoxify their mind, how to be able to get out of a dark place like I was to a better place. And then from that grew the idea of my event, Epic Talks. I was going over the bridge in, in Brickell, and I remember I was feeling empty. I was feeling alone. I was feeling sad. I wasn't connecting with, with people like high performers or people that mm. wanted to create greatness in their life. So I said to myself, if it doesn't exist, I'm going to start it. If it doesn't uh -huh. exist, I'm going to start it. So I reached out to a girlfriend of mine. Her name is uh, Alicia Belchenko. She's a law professor at the University of Miami. She's used to speaking in front of students, right? I had never spoken in my life. So I said to her, hey, if I throw an event, will you be one of my speakers? She's like, sure. So I went on Canva. <clears throat> I took a picture of her and a picture of myself. I made my first little flyer. I went to FedEx. I printed out 100 flyers. Then I went all over downtown and Brickell and my buildings and passed them out. From the moment that that seed was planted to the day that I had my first event was three days. <laughs> <laughs> wow It, huh that's fast action yes so i went to whole foods i got a couple bottles of wine some cheese and crackers and i waited 15 people showed up to my first event eight of those people were my friends <laughs> so in reality seven people showed up i actually have a picture of my first event but i remember in that moment um when i was sharing my story i felt that that was my calling this is what i'm supposed to be doing because I felt alive. I was getting, I was giving these people, we had doctors, a couple of doctors, an architect, an attorney, um, and then a couple other entrepreneurs and, and, you know, people that just walked in, right? And I was giving them exercises. Everybody was writing down a couple of exercises, like, what does your perfect day look like? What do you want to accomplish in the next month? What do you want to accomplish in six months? You know, um, I took them through a journey of meeting their future self, right? Mm. What are you going to tell your future self, right? What advice are you going to give them? And when I was doing that, I felt this energy that I just knew that this is what I'm supposed to do forever. And then that's when I took Epic Talks. And two, three months later, I had another event. I connected with one of the influencers here. My second event, I had 120 people. And just Epic Talks has never been the same again. Wow, congratulations. That's, Thank <laughs> that's you. Like a, that's like an amazing success story. Um, initially, you were talking about generational trauma. Can you please mm. define what that is? Yeah. So generational trauma is, 
is unhealed trauma from our ancestors. So you're saying that if if like someone's grandmother or grandfather or great grandfather mm. had like some kind of trauma, yeah. be it physical or So you notice how when 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 men or women they they they, they hit their spouse, yeah. they saw their parents doing that. Yeah. Their parents saw their parents doing that. You know what I mean? Often, yeah. Yeah. So majority of the people we're we're in the small one percent of people that understand what personal development and emotional intelligence is. We've done the work, we do the work, we know what it's about, we write books about it. It's a very small percentage of the world that knows about this stuff. Yeah. People don't know that there is systems and support systems and emotional intelligence academy and personal development courses to help take your life to the next level and heal what you have. Yeah. Majority of people outside of our world, if you go and ask someone, do you know who Tony Robbins is? They don't know. Yeah. They don't. They don't. <laughs> so... So this is what I mean. It's very few people that actually get the help to break generational trauma. Majority of people just continue carrying that on into their kids. They teach their kids what they were taught. Yeah. And then they don't know any better. So that's what generational trauma is. You continue mm. to carry on the traumas from your ancestors until it gets healed. How do you know if you're generationally traumatized? I mean, I, I suppose everyone is. Yes. But how, how can, can I find that out if, if that's What are your triggers? Me? Triggers? Yeah. Like me personally? Well, um, yeah. Like when I, like I get uneasy, un <laughs> I become uncomfortable when like, for example, when someone, when I don't get what I want, mm. that trick kind of triggers me. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't. I you just know. feel. It. I, no, I just you feel. You know. You know. I just feel. Just it. continue asking yourself why. Where in your childhood, right? Did 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 you not get what you wanted? As a child, always. I never got what I wanted as exactly. a child. Exactly. So and, and that that's like. And and makes me would angry. it exactly would it affect you? Who else in your family would it affect? Your father was he that way, or your mother when they wouldn't? They like, they both. Mm. Like I come, my my parents did not have much money. Mm -hmm. So they could not buy me the nice stuff that my friends got from their parents. Exactly. So I was always the child that did not get what he wanted, like for Christmas or for anywhere. Like I almost like, like at least at some point I got a computer because, you know, I, I got came really good at sales and I sold my mother. She's a Korean mother. So Korean mothers want their children to succeed at school and university and life in general. So I, I sold her the idea that if she buys me a computer, that will make me rich later <laughs> because I'm going to make a lot of money with a computer and you can't make money without a computer in the future. I was like, I sold her the, the idea. But, but before that, I, I never got, got what I really wanted. Like as toys and stuff like that. Amazing. And that's extremely traumatizing because I yeah. went through the same thing, which is the reason, the only reason why you are as successful as you are is because you went through that. Because if you were given everything, I can guarantee you, you wouldn't be here right now. Well, that's the problem of rich kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Like all these rich kids, you know, I, uh, I like to be in VIP areas of music festivals and clubs sometimes. And... Then I see these Chinese kids mm. and they're like throwing dollars everywhere, uh -huh. like on, on music festivals. And it's like, and I know that, okay, these kids are very rich. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's common knowledge that on music festivals like Ultra Miami, uh -huh. like the front row, like the, the most expensive tables are just Chinese people. <laughs> and they're like extremely rich Chinese people. And these are usually kids, mm -hmm. like in their early 20s or, or something like that. They're just throwing around money. And, and I'm like, how can they ever learn to work hard? Like how, how They will how never they learn. They will never learn. But right? guess what? That's also their trauma. Is they're, that a trauma? Yeah. They're, <laughs> of course they have trauma. They don't, they don't, eventually that kind of lifestyle is going to cause them pain. There's no fulfillment in that. Yeah. There's no fulfillment. Yes. You know, Mick Jagger actually 
you know, the guy, like the singer from Rolling mm -hmm. Stones from the band, he actually wrote a song about that. I can get no satisfaction. <laughs> yes. That's I can get. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he really described this thing that, you know, he's a rock star and no matter what he does, no matter how famous he is, like, yeah. he can get no satisfaction. Because it's a life without fulfillment. Yeah. And that's what I teach is fulfillment. When I was doing my one-on-one -on -one coaching, helping people find their purpose in life. But, but how can I be fulfilled? How, how does that work from your perspective? There's, there's, uh, there's so many ways. What, what sets your heart on fire? You know, what would you wake up to do for free for the rest of your life? Basically the thing I'm doing now. Exactly. Basically being an so, entrepreneur, building fun stuff, building software as a service, building. Would you a say that company. you find yourself as a, someone who's fulfilled? Almost. Yeah. Because I, but I'm never there, but I'm like, if I didn't do that, I would be unfulfilled. At exactly. Least this, this is what I mean. Yeah. But I'm not exactly fulfilled yet at the same time because okay. I think I, I always think, oh, I could do better. I could do better. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not good enough. Not <laughs> perfect. You're always chasing because that's, yeah. that's just, that's, that's just the hunter in you. You're an alpha. You know what I mean? For me, I feel the same way, but I'm, I, I, I live a life of fulfillment because I love what I do. You can be fulfilled, but not always be like, you can be fulfilled and continue chasing. That doesn't mean that you're not fulfilled. You know what I mean? For me, fulfillment is waking up every single morning, loving what you do, mm. loving the people you surround yourself with, loving the, the connections you're doing, loving the environment you're creating, loving what you're writing, loving where you're going, loving the conversations that you're having, loving the way you look, loving the way you eat, loving the way you take care of yourself, right? That's fulfillment, you know? I can't say I love everything because sometimes it's quite hard and I sometimes, you know, like I love my company, Digistore24, and I love to, you know, I love to see the effect of it in the world, the impact of it in the world. I love the fact that we have 1.6 million user accounts and like, I guess like 20, 30% of, of them are really active. I love the fact that we're global and that we have, that I get to meet amazing people like you. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of things, a lot of work that's really, Yeah, that, that, that's really just not fun, but I still anyway have to do it for the sake of the greater So why wouldn't good. you give that work to someone else? I do, but I'm ultimately responsible for it, so I still have to engage with it. So mm. I, I, do, I do it the best I can, but there's always like, you know, you know like, well, like, it's like going to the gym. Like with me, <laughs> like the toughest part is the part before being in the gym and working out <laughs> when I'm working out then it's always fun and I always feel great afterwards and meanwhile but before that it's it, I go through hell and I don't know why <laughs> getting yourself that? there yeah <laughs> and like because usually it's early in the morning yeah. so I have to wake up earlier so, and it sucks and I you gotta just do it yeah exactly <laughs> you just do it trust me like I'm not a fan of Waking up first thing in the morning, go to the gym, but, but you have to, you know, for yeah. your sanity so you could feel better about yourself. You, you actually competed. You're an athlete. I competed. Yes, I did. I did. I competed three years ago. Yeah, three, four years ago. In, in the bikini class or exactly? Bikini. Please. NPC bikini. Yes. Please tell, tell me all about it. I find <laughs> it very interesting. Uh, like, you know, it, it was, it was a fun experience. It, it, it was a fun experience. A lot of discipline. A lot yeah. of uh, taking your meals with you everywhere. Like, yeah. if let's say if I was competing right now and I was having this interview, I've already been here, what, two hours? I would have had to bring three meals with me because you have to. Three meals. Yeah. You have to eat every two hours, the four ounces, the two ounces, the little bit of asparagus. Every, like, it's all about the way you eat. Um, and I remember uh, when I competed, it was right after Thanksgiving. So I literally went to a Thanksgiving dinner, turkey, food, everything. And I had my two ounces of tilapia, my two ounces of spinach, and my two ounces of sweet potato. And that's what I was eating. But I remember in that moment, I was already so in it to win it mm. that I, 
it didn't phase me. <laughs> why, why did you start? Why did you want to do that in the first place? Like what, what motivated you? You know, it was, it was more like a challenge. Um, uh, my ex-boyfriend at the time, uh, he had a patient that, that was like, oh, I'm going to get into a fitness competition. So he's competed already and he's won as well. But um, he was like, oh, I'm going to do it with my patient. And I said, I'll, I'll do it. And he's like, he didn't think I was going to do it because I'd never competed in my life. So anyways, long story short, his patient ends up competing. He ends up not doing it. Um, and then I just stayed with it, right? So excuse me, his it, patient? His patient. Okay, what, of, what, what kind he, of patient was, was that? He was what? a doctor. He was yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but what, what, what kind of illness? Oh, no, no. Uh, so he's a lifestyle medicine doctor. So a lifestyle medicine. Yeah, okay. so it's a concierge. Ah, okay. So, that you know, cool. like IVs, hormone therapy. Yeah, and like, this yeah. is the stuff that I do. That, that's yeah. Not, that's cool. So, so then, um, so I ended up doing it. And, he, and when I completed it, he's like, I honestly didn't think you were going to do it. <laughs> so it was more like a, like, a, like oh, yeah, you're going to do it. it. It was more me keeping my word. Okay. You know? So, wow. Yeah. So, uh, and... So for how long did that take? Like I, from I prepared, uh, I prepped for five months. You prepped for five months. Yes. And how long did you work out like before you, you decided to compete? Like three to four times a week. I wasn't strict about my eating. I wasn't, you know. But you, but you were working out regularly yeah. for how long? Um, I mean, I've, for years now. For years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. And. I mean, this is a very extreme experience because <laughs> yes. you're, lo you're losing a lot of fat. Um, you're, you're supposed to lose, lose a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not like competing in other sports where you are kind of like still normal physically and you just have to compete. It's like it's an extreme thing. I mean, yeah. some people even collapse or die uh, because they mess with electrolytes and stuff because if if the, if you lose a lot of water um yeah i listened to an interview with dorian yates the other day and he where he was talking about that the mr olympia okay oh um, yeah you know like very famous guy from england and he, he said okay some people would die you know in the process of losing water and stuff like that um so it's very extreme so yeah. you must have like just just keeping a promise is like a bit weak isn't don't you think it just keeping or, a promise as, is a bit what as as like as the only motivation so like like what got you through this extreme preparation you know what once i make up my mind on something i do it nothing's gonna stop mm -hmm. me once i make a decision i'm a person of my word one of my laws is my my word is my law right like the four agreements being impeccable with your word right so i'm impeccable with myself i told myself i was gonna do it so i did it I have great respect for that. That's Thanks. amazing. Because this is where most people, most people can't do that. Most people, they say, okay, I'm, I want to lose weight. And then they don't. Or, yeah, I want to do my homework. And then they don't. Yeah. I want to learn this. Or, I, for example, on my platform, people sell a lot of online courses. And most people actually, even if they buy the course, never, most, most of them don't even open mm -hmm. the course. Mm-hmm what do you think is wrong with those people and in what way are you different and how can they become different? These are people that they don't want it bad enough. They don't mm -hmm. believe in themselves. These are people that they're content with mediocrity. That's what happens, you know? And these are also people that are probably still carrying generational trauma. They're used to seeing their parents not complete things. They're used to being told you're not good enough. They're used to being told, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They listen to the wrong people. And that's why they're stuck in the same situation. How can someone break out of that? Like, how can someone, is there a way if you don't want something enough, but you should want something enough? Is there a way to. You can make lead the happen? horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Hmm. Right? It depends how much pain you're in. And sometimes some people take themselves to a a place of pain, so much pain that they're almost suicidal to then make a change. But most people don't experience that kind of pain. Mm. You know? Yeah. Pain will lead you to change. Yeah. Um, in your own career, 
you or your, let's say your own past you grew up as a foster child with parents that are heroin addict um what was that like for you personally and what, what like how did you perceive this as a child it was it was traumatic um but in the moment i didn't think of it as traumatic i don't mm -hmm. know if that makes any sense um you thought it's, it's normal or how I, how did you perceive it was it? my normal i didn't know any better mm -hmm. i didn't know that it could be better it was my normal you know mm -hmm. So it's crazy because people, people ask me, oh, do you, do you remember as, as young as three years old? I do. Why? Because it was traumatic. Mm. Waking up to my parents high on the couch, to, to my little sister crying, to my older brother crying, we're hungry. And I remember at three, opening up my fridge. Maybe I was three and a half, opening up my fridge and there was no food. I also remember the the cops knocking in the doors to come and get us you know mm -hmm. um i remember going into different foster homes and um i used to suck my thumb when i was little so i remember there was a foster home that took me in and they didn't like that i did that and on a night to fall asleep that was my way to comfort myself mm -hmm. so i would suck my thumb And they grabbed a pair of scissors and they took my thumb like this and squeezed it and threatened to cut it off. And it was just terrifying, you know, for a young kid. So, so yeah, that was part of my process. And then I went into another foster home. And I don't look at this as poor me. I wouldn't change anything. I'm so grateful that I went through those experiences. Because I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't gone through it. If I would have had that cu cookie cutter lifestyle, I wouldn't be who I am today. If I wouldn't have gone through those experiences, I wouldn't have the heart that I have. I have a really big heart for helping people, for helping people that are in pain, for helping people that don't feel that they're loved, for helping people that want to commit suicide. I've been there, you know? So I wouldn't change it for the world. I see. Um, like, so, okay, so you, that was kind of your normal, but what went, like, what did you think at that point in time? Did you, did you make, did you judge it in any way? Because everyone, like all of us interpret things and think like, okay, this is wrong or right. Or um, what did that do with you in that very moment? Like this, I felt you know, scared. Yeah. Mm. You know, I felt scared. Um, I didn't trust. I remember um, my, my, my foster, when I, fo when I got to the foster family that had me for 12 years, I remember when they would pick me up <laughs> and I would smell them and tell them that they stunk to put me down. Put me down, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was my way of, of, rejecting because I'm scared, like strangers just grabbing you and yeah. putting you on their lap, you know? Thankfully, I was never uh, sexually abused, thank God. Yeah. Um, and, and then the foster family that took me in for 12 years, they were Christians, so they did instill a lot of morals and values uh, that I still live by, so I'm thankful for that, you know, uh, that I grew up as a Christian. But I didn't have an easy childhood with them either. Um, but... It, 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 it didn't affect me so much when I was four, five, six, seven. It started affecting me more when I started to getting into my teenage years. Mm -hmm. what, what happened in your teenage years? Um, I got a lot of rejection from, from my sisters and, and um, from my foster mom. Um, I, I felt... I almost felt like I was Cinderella, you know, they would mm. make me clean the house and do all these chores. And, and, um, <laughs> when the, the cat would kill rats, like they would go make me clean it up. So, you know, and, and it, it got to a point where I started hating them 
you know. Um, Whom the parents or the sisters? Every or? everyone. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was just like that's when I started experiencing, and then I started getting into sports, and I, you know, I started becoming athletic and looking prettier, and you know what I mean. And mm -hmm. like they wouldn't let me wear certain clothes, and I started like really fighting with my sisters, and then you know, it was it it was just like. I tried to commit suicide twice when I was 12 and 13 years old. Um, my my foster mom she had a she had a a Down syndrome sister, and they would make me take care of her. She used to pee on my bed and like all that stuff, and and it was just that was really traumatic for me, and that was one of the reasons why you know I was being I was rejecting her sister, but they were also rejecting me. Mm. You know, so um, so then I ended up leaving. I was I was trying every way possible to t try to leave that house. At what and age? At fifteen, and 15. I did. Okay. Yeah, I ended up leaving. So what? that for me was an ex escape, and I'm so happy now. I have a relationship with them. You know, uh, even when I was 21, which I contacted them again, um, they even told me they they were sorry for the way that they raised me. Um, but. Ended up leaving at the age of 15 and, and, and they were like, you're going to come back. I'm like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that. I'm never. I'm never coming back. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, and then I even got kicked out of high school when I was 17, 18 years old and told by my principal I would never amount to anything. And Excuse me. You were 15. Yeah. So, so where did you go then? Like being 15. So I ended up looking for my biological mother. Okay. So I found her. And I, we, we, we stayed in touch. I ended up living with her for a little bit. But then I left her house too because there was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of resentment. So I was fighting with her. And mm. then she got married. And at the time, I wasn't happy with that. So I ended up pretty much on my own living with friends that had an extra room in high school. And their parents would let me stay there. So I would go from house to house, different houses, until I finally got a job and then was able to buy a car. And, um, and then I started living out of my car. Well, <laughs> so at I what was, age? Uh, I was like 18. 18. Yeah. And, and yeah. how was that, like, um, living in a car? I, had, like, I would live out of my car, but then I would also have, like, friends that I would go to their houses okay. for a couple of days and stuff like that. And for me, again, it was just normal. Like, I, okay. It was scary, but um, I was, it was outside of a Walmart parking lot, and I parked my car underneath a, a light because I mm -hmm. knew there was a camera there, so in case anything ah. happened. So, and then I used to work, this was in Orlando, so I used to work in Disney in one of the hotels over there. So I, had, I would go to their hotels and their employee in a shower, and then mm -hmm. I, would, I would have three jobs sometimes. And, and yeah, it's, so, it's, it's kind so, of adventurous. So you had in a way. jobs, but you still had to live in the car. Yeah, because I wasn't making enough until mm. I was able to save up some money and get an apartment. Mm. That's yeah. very interesting. And um, so, was there any like, so obviously you made a very nice career as an entrepreneur. Like, what happened like from having those jobs and living in the car what led you to become an entrepreneur oh my god pretty much every job i've ever had i got fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um i've never been one to to like people telling me what to do you know what i mean i, I just never liked that um never liked having a boss so i And then I would always be late. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming punctual here <laughs> tonight. I was always uh, late and, and just kind of, I was a good, good employee, but I just didn't like people telling me what to do. So. And you didn't like people? I love people. You love people? Oh, freak, yeah. Okay. I love people. That's why I have events, networking events, um, okay. to meet people. But, but yeah, I just went different jobs here, like, I, I pretty much did everything, customer service, fast pro shops, waitressing, bartending, like everything you can imagine. Um, and, you know, I even, 
I even tried out in the music industry for a while. I, you know, I was a singer songwriter. Yeah. I, I did, I did the modeling thing for a little bit. And then, um, in New York city, cause I ended up moving to New York when I was 21. I, uh, I got into the music industry for like a year. I, I didn't like it. It's not for me. Mm. Um, and I ended up meeting my ex-husband and I remember thinking to myself, I'm willing to give everything that I'm doing now to give this relationship a try. And, and I did that. So we ended up moving to Florida and, and started, started a life here. I see. Yeah. And, but, but how did you become an entrepreneur? So you did all at the age of 24. So, okay. so, so you were married at the age of 24, right? Yes. Like at, at 24, I was married. Third or fourth year of, of your the, marriage, right? Yeah. You worked in certain jobs and all kinds of yeah, industries. And, yeah, I, I, I worked as a VIP waitress in some of the nightclubs yeah. in Miami as well. So that paid very well. Eleven, live? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this was like, we're talking about 15, 16 ah, years okay. ago. All right. Um, but great living, you know, six figures. Mm -hmm. And um, with that money, I started my first real estate company. Real estate company. Yes. So yeah. as a broker or? No, uh, flipping houses, flipping, flipping houses. properties. Yeah, the company was called Visual Investments. And at the time, the, um, the those real estate shows of flipping houses was very popular, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I still watch them. I love them. Yeah, they're yeah, they're great. They're flipping. Yeah. What's, what's the name? They have, they have like these, these cool names. Um, like there's always like this group in the, you know, the reality show yeah. where they just go in and, and they just flip the houses and they, they mm -hmm. compare like the different people who... And the prices and the profit yeah, and like yeah, they, yeah. they flip houses like in two months. Yeah. So that's what we started doing, right? And, um, and, and yeah, I was like, oh my God, we're going to be rich. <laughs> you know, I'm like 24 years old, like flipping houses, making money, you know? Mm had an angel investor who would give us the money and we would just flip the properties and we'd split the profit. And, and I, I told my husband, he, you know, he was a unique looking guy too. Like he had long hair, like yours, like up to oh. here. And I was like, you, you have good taste, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I was like, we could totally be on a TV show. Let's film a pilot. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so it was, it was just like this whole idea and it was exciting at the time, but then within a split of like six months, the, that's when the real estate market collapsed here. It was like 2008. Oh, oh shit. Remember that? Yeah. So that dream right there just went to shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? We ended up losing. We had a, oh. we had like a property that had, we had put all our money into and we were still in the process of flipping it and we just lost it all. So it was back to square one. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that's when I started another business and another business, another business. And then you know, um, in the process, like our, our relationship took a big hit, you know, and, and once that happened, you heard the story. I went through a did, dark circle and then did, did, that did, led me to this. Was the relationship affected because of what went on in business? No. Like it the, was the, the relationship was affected because someone was weak. I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what then got you to the place where you're now? Like, okay, you started all kinds of businesses and what yeah. happened with them? So they, I had started those businesses be, because of money. Yeah. It wasn't my calling. Mm. You know what I mean? That's why now I know that I'm living in my purpose because the business I started was called uh, the Pro Stylist and it was called Hair Society. Then it was called Izaku. And these were all businesses that, I know with the right partnerships, I would become a, a extremely wealthy person. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the right partners with me. Um, then that's when that failed. I got into medical sales, created a very successful career doing that. And then, um, and then from there, that's when I ended up, uh, basically starting the personal development journey. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of, people selling personal development stuff yes. what in your opinion makes you unique my story yeah your story it's there's a lot of people that are selling bullshit right now to be honest with you and there's a lot of people that are not authentic and not really doing it for the right reasons yeah. there are very few people that are doing it for the right reasons a lot of people out there are just doing it for the money and ripping people off and taking advantage you know um 
what makes me different is my story and my authenticity. And you can't preach something you haven't lived. Yeah, you're very authentic. And, and also the fact that you competed also shows that you developed this character that like an, an athlete character that, that is strong and you can overcome difficulties uh, because that's what really, in my opinion, kind of like is when it comes to entrepreneurship, mm. it's just for, for me, entrepreneurship is, it's just a way of expressing yourself and living your purpose. And, and you can, you might find that being an employee, if you can be with the right company, but sometimes you can't find that and then you have to create it yourself. Mm. Um, what, what from your perspective is like, um, are some like three important things that an entrepreneur has to be like character wise or mindset wise <clears throat> in order to be able to become successful? Because so many people are trying it. I see it all the time. And so few people are succeeding actually. Yeah. Consistent, focused, determined and impeccable with your word. Consistent, It's consistent, focused, focused, determined, and impeccable with your word. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what are your projects that you're currently focusing on? So you're focusing on your events. Mm -hmm. Please tell me a little bit more about those. So Epic Talks, uh, Epic Talks is the number one entrepreneurship business networking event in South Florida. Mm -hmm. It's a monthly event with a, anywhere from 100 to 150 entrepreneurs, driven, amazing individuals that come and collaborate, network, build relationships, and they come to learn. Every mm -hmm. month I bring in amazing speakers that teach us on different topics, real estate, marketing, NFTs, blockchain, crypto, uh, wealth creation, finance, fitness. So every month it's, it's different. So you'll never get the same event back to back. Mm -hmm. And along with that, I recently launched the Epic Talks Inner Circle. So Inner Circle is a yearly membership for the Epic Talks community, where not only are they just coming to the events where you just network, it's a quick conversation, but the Inner Circle provides dinners, which is more one-on-one, -on -one, let's get to know each other in, you know, in three hours, how can I support you, where do you need help? And then I, I have them switch throughout the dinner to sit next to somebody they've never sat before. Okay. And, and that's how you build relationships. Maybe I don't have somebody that I can inter that you need to meet mm -hmm. that I can introduce you to, but that other person might have the person that you want to meet. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So, so we also, with the earner circle, we also have adventures. So jet skiing, bowling, top golf. Eventually I want to create retreats. And also for being part of the inner circle, I have an Epic Talks magazine that's coming out, uh, where people, Uh, get to showcase their business. What does this all mean? What does the inner circle mean for people's businesses and for their brand? More visibility, more traffic, new connections, new and repeat business. So it's all about them. And also yeah. as a part of the inner circle, you also get to be interviewed on my, on my radio show with thousands of listeners and, and content, you know, for mm -hmm. your social media content is king, right? So yeah, it's an amazing community of high performers that are taking their lives to the next level and we're doing it together. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, if I may ask, what's your actual business model there? So how do you make money with that? Um, I charge at the door mm -hmm. and then I also charge for my memberships. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you thought about creating an NFT out of So stuff? that's what you're <laughs> going to help me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I already spoke to Gianni about this last week and he said he was going to, he, he had mentioned you should create your membership into an NFT. So I'm, I'm looking into that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you seem to be very busy. Like, like how does a typical work day of yours look like? I wake up at 5:30 in the morning. I do uh, a 10 minute, 10 minute meditation, a five minute gratitude, writing, journaling. I don't, I don't really look at my phone. I go have breakfast. I, um, I put on some like motivational speaking or Dr. Joe Dispenza or mm. Bob Proctor or 
something that's going to get my mind in that state of, in that winning mindset, Tim Grover. Um, and, and then I have breakfast and then I go to the gym. When I come back, it's probably like eight o'clock and I just get ready and I'll go either stay in my office downstairs in my apartment or go to WeWork and mm -hmm. get some work done. Um, I have a very balanced life. I don't, I don't, I'm not always, sometimes depend if it's, it's, if it's my event week, I'm go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. But I try to, you know, kind of shut off at a certain time and I don't really watch TV. So I don't spend a lot of time there. I go running in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do you have any like productivity tips or anything? Productivity tips, prepare your day the night before. Prepare your day the night before. Uh, wake up with intention. Like what, what is your intention mm -hmm. for the day and what are the top three things you want to accomplish? Don't give yourself more than three things to do mm. because then you set yourself up for failure. You know? Um, go to sleep early. Get some rest. Meditate. That's so important. Why is meditation important? You know, you, you tap into this. What I've noticed with meditation is it just elevates me. It really does. You know what I mean? When you're just closing your eyes and you set your intention for the day when I wake up in the morning and I'm meditating, I want to feel this way. I want to talk to 10 people. I want to ask them, how can I support them? I want to smile, open the door for someone, make somebody laugh, send a text message that's going to change someone's day today. Like text somebody and ask them, hey, do you need support with anything? Are you okay? Do you want, you know? Just giving. And that's my intention. And I set those intentions while I'm meditating because it's what makes me feel good. Mm, I see. Yeah. And so what do you actually personally need to be fulfilled? What Peace makes of you mind. Happy? Peace of mind. And are you, are you already there or do you still think you have to do certain things to get oh, there? Oh, no, I'll never be there. Okay. I don't think you're ever, ever fully there. You know what I mean? The beauty about life is it's, it's this constant growth. Because once you get to that, that next level, then you continue. Okay, what's the next level? You got there, there's more. Mm -hmm. Then keep going, right? Unless you're like the Dalai Lama, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. completely up there, right? Um, I don't know if this in this lifetime I'll, I'll, I'll get there. But, but yeah, it's about consistency and staying consistent with your self, your mind, your life. I see. Y your favorite book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek, right? Actually, I love Still? Start With Why. No, not anymore. Not anymore. No. What's your new one? Um, I freaking love The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. Yeah. What are those? Uh, be impeccable with your word. Whatever you do, do your best. Don't take anything personal and don't assume anything. So imagine mm. you lived your life, right? With those four agreements, be impeccable with your word. So whatever you say, you do, right? Don't take anything personal. You know how many problems we would avoid if we didn't take anything personal? Yeah, it's actually something that I try to do all the time. Like, it never, like this is what I tell myself at least 100 times per day. Like, this is not personal. This is not personal. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I get so many messages and some are not super nice. And, you know, sometimes there's like, and there's so many things that I could take personally and be insulted or something like that. Mm. But, I, but I choose not mm -hmm. to because it, it gives me more peace. Mm -hmm. It's like it reduces my stress. Like mm -hmm. I, a long time ago, I decided to not take things personally yeah. because, you know, Because reactions of other people, this is how I explain it to myself, um, whether it's accurate or not. Because reactions of other people are preformed by their experiences and beliefs and traumas within them. Mm. So it's, it's more about them, what they do and not do, than about myself. So I just don't, I just don't assume it's, it really has anything to do with me. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's another thing. Don't yeah. assume anything. Yeah. I don't assume. You know, 
you I'm know, assuming how much it's trouble not, have yeah. you know how much trouble I've gotten myself into in the past because I just decided to assume. Well, I assumed. Well, don't freaking assume. Like, this is what this you is know? what what women always do. They assume so much. It's crazy. I know, it's right? Especially when it comes to to guys. <laughs> like, you know, we're sometimes just empty-headed and just mm. not not very. Uh, we don't pay too much attention yeah. sometimes because we're we can only focus on one thing because yeah. we're kind of retarded. Yeah. Which we are, like compared to women, in my opinion when it comes to multitasking uh -huh. like i'm so bad at that i if i if i drive and you you talk to me i cannot listen to you if I, <laughs> you know in university it was like like my my best friend uh, angela back then she like i went to medical school and i could not listen and write down what the professor said at the same time i just couldn't do it so <laughs> I could listen and she would write everything down and she would give me her notes. Yeah. F f the f good friend that she is. Otherwise, it would be. You would definitely cannot hard. multitask. <laughs> no, not, like not even a bit. It's crazy. Oh my God. So, uh, but yeah, women are good at assuming all kinds of things. And, mm -hmm. and for us men, it's quite hard because we can't. Because if, if, for example, if I work, why didn't you think of me? Yeah, because I. <laughs> It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But I can see you're a very passionate person. Yes, I am. You're very passionate. Yeah. And I, th I, I think your temper can... Is that like a challenge for you to control your temper? Not at all, actually. Not at all? I'm very calm. You're very calm. Even in a relationship, I'm more like... I'm more like a, like a guy. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't... I'm not really the jealous type. I, I don't... I don't give shit. You know what I mean? I'm super cool. I'm like hanging out with one of the boys, you know? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the perfect woman. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you are the perfect woman. <laughs> I'm glad I met you. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> okay. So uh, as a last question, if um, people want to learn more about you or read your book or follow you, how can they do that the best? How can people find There's you? There's a couple places that they can find me on Instagram, Melitza Wagi, M-E-L-I-T-S-A-W-A-A-G-E. And then also Melitza.com, which is my my website. Also, my Epic Talks events is EpicTalks.com. And the Instagram is EpicTalksMiami. Yeah. Thank you, Melitza. That was amazing. That was an epic talk. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Same. Yep. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of Svencast again.